0: And turning your Bibles this morning to the Book of Isaiah, chapter nine, as well as the Gospel of Matthew, chapter seventeen. Chris, you didn't know how right your words were this morning um, when you said that where two are gathered in the uh, in His name for His glory. In the midst of us is Jesus the Lord. In the midst of us. How can a church service have no expectation if the Lord is there? How can a 10 o'clock gathering have no reverence if the Lord is there? And how can there not be expressions of His person... From him to his people if the Lord is there. I believe today is one of those days that many of you are going to write in your Bible and journal that the Lord met with us today. Isaiah chapter 9 and then Matthew 17. Are you there? Are we on the screens? Talk to me, somebody. Thank you. See, my neck can't go so far. And the older you get, it gets more less. Isaiah 9 very familiar portion of scripture written several thousand years ago for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God everlasting father prince of peace and of the increase of his government which means his rule and the increase of his government and peace there shall be what? Time nor place, not bound by ge- geography or impossibility, of his rule there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, which means in the earth, in Israel, in the land of Israel. God has set his name there forever. He's going to order and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. His government will reign on the earth in the land of Israel during the millennial kingdom. But it's not limited to that. Of his rule, there should be no end. It just keeps spreading out. Now, Matthew 17 is just a small burst of that person. Let me just tell you this about Isaiah 9. I get ahead of myself sometimes. They shall call itself wonderful. That word translates miracle. It's not that Jesus does miracles. It's like he doesn't do resurrections. He said, I am the resurrection. I don't just give miracles. I am miracle, all power, all might. And so my goal today is to expand your mind about this really to short circuit you. To short circuit you, so that you can just be childlike and believe that there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. Here's just one story. And the Bible said, had all the stories been written about Christ's uh, exploits and expressions of divine glory, it said the, the world's libraries wouldn't be able to contain them. And when they were come to Capernaum, Matthew seventeen twenty four, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, "Does your master pay tribute?" And this was a temple tax. Uh, When people remembered their sins and this money was used to keep the tabernacle, uh, the Holy of Holies together and the poles that uh, and the rings that slid over the poles that carried the Ark of the Covenant. It was a tribute, a temple tax, if you will. And they said, does your master, so they're saying, does the Son of God pay temple tax? They didn't say Son of God, but that's what they were asking. And Simon said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus like read his thoughts and said, Simon, can I ask you a question? What thinkest thou? Listen, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or strangers? Peter said, of strangers. He said, then the children are free. In essence, he was saying, why would I pay a temple tax when I'm the son of God? That's what he was telling them. Okay. So Peter said unto him, of strangers. And Jesus said, then the children are free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go to the sea, Sea of Galilee, the nearest sea would be that. Cast a hook, take up the first fish that comes up, open his mouth, and you're going to find a piece of money. Take the piece of money and give unto them for me and thee. Miracle. A divine pulse expression of God's ability capacity and power for that moment it's not miraculous to God it is to us it's just who he is last week very quickly I talked to you about in our walk with God navigating unanswered prayer now I want to talk to you about not only answered prayer but the miraculous father I pray today that you would anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Let me speak with a clarity and an unction from heaven. Let the words of your book go deep into our heart. Lord, let me say it right. Let me say it in a way that's digestible and that we would receive with meekness the engrafted word of God to deliver us from old mindsets and old ways. Expand our horizon and our mind, Lord, that we might see you in your beauty, in your glory, and in your power. When you said nothing's too difficult for you, you meant nothing. Forgive us for for not asking and not believing. Open our eyes to see wondrous things today, Lord. And God, I say this reverently, but it's the clearest way I know how to say it. Flex today. Just flex your strong right arm today. Show them who the king is today, God. Show them who the Lord is. For your glory's name, your glory and your namesake, we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. What a divisive word in the body of Christ today. Miracles. Some make it the essence of the gospel. It's the goal of coming to church on Sunday. Uh, no, no, no centering around the person of Jesus. No centering around the cross. No teaching of sanctification and consecration. No teaching of repentance. But it's just miracles, 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 miracles. Just uh, I've even seen the blasphemous. Uh, blasphemy of certain pastors get up and refer to Jesus as a line of coke and invite the people to come snort him and, and get high and they they want to see signs in the heavens and you know gold dust and angels and all of this and I think for some of us we saw the excess and abuse and ignorance of that mindset and we just shut ourselves off from miracles altogether we threw the baby out with the bathwater. Miracles are not the goal. Christ, they shall call it, Miracle is the goal. But he can't be different than he, who he is. There should be an expectation in the life of the believer that they should live holy because God is holy. And I should expect miracles in my life because he can't be anything but who he is. We have not because we ask not. And when we do ask, we ask amiss. But we don't ask. We just, well, I don't, you know, I'll just just adjust. Man, you might have to adjust in the waiting. We talked about that. We talked about navigating denial or delay in answered prayer. But that's not the subject of this morning's message. If thou canst believe, anything is possible to him that believeth. What's anything? What's Greek for anything? Anything. Miracles in the life of the believer. They're not the goal, but they shouldn't be the exception either. I ought to have in my history and in my expectation displays of outburst of God's power because there's nothing blocking it. No sin or unforgiving. If there's nothing blocking it, it ought to flow, right? I got to go to the heart doctor. He's going to route this out. You know, we got to clear this up. I got six blockages. And what's going to happen when you unblock? Oh, the blood's going to flow through to the end. Could it be that our heart is blocked with worldliness and the cares of this life and we have limited ourselves to the miraculous yet natural flow of all that God is into our life and situation? Only two points this morning. Many sub points. You'll be Okay. We'll be on schedule. I want to talk to you about miracles in the life of the believer from a systematic standpoint, and then we're going to get to what you would call the good stuff, the miracle itself. Miracles in the life of the believer, for them to happen, there must first be a revelation or an understanding, basically, what a miracle is. A miracle is something that God does when you are past being able to do. When a man can't walk and all his muscles are atrophied and he was born that way and Jesus tells him get up and walk and he picks up his bed and walks. I like what the old preacher said. He said before Jesus his back was on his bed and after Jesus his bed was on his back and he got up and walked. When the bound person who cannot free themselves becomes free there has to be an awareness Of your limitations because we are slow to reach out to God when we still have anything to do. That's why I love over the years preaching on the zero factor. Bottom of the barrel. I'm I'm at the end of my rope. People are telling me. I'm just just at the end of my rope. Thank God. Can't go nowhere else. I'm, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. So you can't help. That's it. Perfect. Because in your weakness you are strong. And God gravitates to impossible places to show his glory. God gravitates. He's drawn to impossible places for the glory of his son. In one place in the Old Testament, God describes himself as the full-breasted one. And we're adults here. I'm not trying to be crass, but he gave us this because it it most clearly describes how virtue flows from him. I've been told by nursing mothers that while they are nursing and while they are the natural process of lactating, if a desperate baby cries that's not even their own, they said milk will flow. Now think of this. So God in eternity is trying to express to you, he said, I am the full breasted one. You don't have to scream loud. You don't have to dance around. It flows from me naturally. Because of who I am. Could it be that our unbelief has kept us from the miraculous that should be? It's not every time, but it should be more common than it is. There must be an understanding of the miraculous that miracles happen when you need them. We're made, a need, we're made aware of a need of our miracle for our limitations, our helplessness. We are made aware of his power through the miracles recorded in his word. These things were written aforetime for your learning, that you might have help and hope. What's the story of the Red Sea about? Well, of course, it refers to Christ opening the Red Sea, being our deliverer. But it also means to tell you, when you get to the end, and death is coming up on, there's no hope, there's no help, there's no out. And God says, what do you have in your hand? A stick. That's what somebody would say. A staff. A stick. He said, Moses, lifted it out over the sea. So wh- why the stick? Well, you might not know that in biblical times, especially in Israel, that a man's diary was on his stick. The birth of his sons. He, Moses would have the meeting uh, of God at the burning bush or wh- whatever contacts he had, he would have there uh, written on the stick. And his history, or for Moses, he had just got done seeing all the miracles in delivering Israel at that time. I don't want to get ahead in my diary. He, uh, you know, the water turned to blood, lice, flies, murin, boils, the death of the firstborn, all this carved on his. He said, Moses, lift up my history with you and just hold it out there so that they can see how powerful I am. And the sea got up out of the way. Why do I believe for a miracle? Because they had them. God's no respecter of persons. Elijah was a man just like you, and he prayed that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again that it would rain. And it rained. And we, we like to say, well, I'm no Elijah. Elijah was a man just like you. Yet he prayed, or you can say, yet he believed. Women with dead wombs had children. Women had their dead children brought back to life. Babies come home from being wayward. Opportunities opened. Kingdoms fell. God moved. The Bible said the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wants to and does whatever he wants to. He's God Almighty. We, we We need to expand this idea that God's just a bigger version of us. He said, I'm altogether different than you. My ways aren't like you. Just read in this. Read in this and you'll find out who I am. Learn of me and you'll have rest unto your souls. We're not only made aware of his power in the scriptures, we're made aware of his willingness to grant them. Some of these miracles nobody even asked. He just did them. But most of them were in reply to need and somebody looking to God. You remember the story of Gideon, uh, where he said, and "I'm just going to give you the cliff notes, and I don't have time to go in the whole story." He said, "Where, where are the, where's the God of our fathers? Where's, where's the miracles you did for Moses and you did for uh, uh, Gideon or Gideon's here? Where, where, where's the, where's the, the miracles for, uh, for the patriarchs and and the power you showed at the Red Sea? Where's all this?" And he had no miracles of his own. Now, you may not have thought of this before. Why, Lord? Why a decade of blank? This last week. This is a very small thing, I'm not looking for applause. I'm just I have to tell it. I have to put my staff out over here. I prayed for something for over fifteen years. Fifteen years. Nothing. And last week it was answered. Fully. But you Lord, Lord, why 15 years? Why, why so much financial loss? Why so much? Gideon said, why what why, where are all the works that you did for our fathers? He said, Gideon, you ain't got none of your own miracles, son. Sometimes he lets the velvet the velvet get pitch black so that the diamond of his miracle can shine the most brightly. He lets Abraham get past the age of being a father. He lets Sarah get past the age of being a mother. He grants miracles, not for our comfort, but for his glory. Lord, why would you wait for my glory? For my glory. See, miracles, if you have an understanding of them, you know they have way more to do with God than you that's why you won't find me. Listen, I'll pray for you. Our elders are going to pray for the sick today. I'll pray for you in the altar, but i make it a point not to come up and be the main event. Because listen, listen, yes, I can pray for you. And yes, I can lay hands on you. And signs follow people that believe in his name. They lay hands on the sick and they get well. Yes, but miracles are more about the moment than the man. I'm not a miracle worker. If a miracle happens through my prayer or my hands, it's because of my looking to and reliance upon Christ and his love for this person and him saying, this is a moment of my glory. All glory is his. A belief, a faith in the miraculous. An agreement with God that he's able When you hear that God is able, you know how I usually hear it when a believer talks? In the negative. Well, I done done all I can do, I done prayed all I can pray, but you know, I don't know. But I know the Lord is able. Blessed be my name. You know, it's like that's tagged on at the end of it. God is able is so faint and so weak. And how about this? Instead of just telling the truth and it's this and this and this and it's impossible and there's no way out. But let me tell you, I know that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think according to the power that is already working in me. Oh, he waits to see that the power is already working in you, that you're in agreement with who he is, the king It's a firm conviction that he has an abundant, limitless supply to meet this need. This belief that God is able, that God is willing, that God is good, that God is kind turns into a request, a petition. And that petition begins to be intertwined with expectation. And the expectation of God's children catches the eye of God and moves the heart of God. Which leads to an experience of the miraculous. When you're a participant, a recipient, or an eyewitness, it changes you. And if you let it do its work, it doesn't change you into somebody that seeks them, it makes you see God bigger and more clearly. I remember early on in my ministry. I was a youth pastor for three years, and then I traveled as an evangelist for five years. And uh, that was kind of like my Bible school, and learning your craft, learning how to preach, learning that you weren't near as big as you thought you were, and God was a lot bigger than you ever thought he was. And I had the honor. It was, an, it was a great honor. I only had one like this that I know of in my life. I was asked to speak at a Georgia district. It was, a district, it was a camp meeting. It was statewide. And the, the person that spoke the year before was the superintendent. And they asked me to speak. I'm like, did you call the right guy? You know, I mean, I'm just pop-tart. I, you know. And they asked me to speak. And I was so, I'm, and still, I trust I am. I'm just so aware. Lord, I, I'm, I can't help nobody. And I'm sure not going to try to impress these people that have forgot more Bible than I know. I'm not, not going to do that. But just, Lord... Help me to bring Christ to the center. and let, So anyway, I preached on miracles one night. And I said, if you're in need of a miracle. And uh, a lady came forward and her, her child was deaf. She was born deaf. And I'm not making fun, but this is the only way she could, like I could talk to her. And if she read my lips, I said, can you hear me? She, no. But I, I could, she would talk to me like that. And I said, what do you want me to do? She goes, I want to hear And I'm thinking, you ever been aware that you're overdrawn, right? You know, your bank account, you go to put out 500, you ask for $500 and it goes. (laughs) You ever had the bank laugh at you in the window? I would program them if I worked at the bank. I said, who are you fooling? $500. So anyway, she said, pray. And that's what I was feeling. But my spirit man says, pray. So I said, okay. And I knew not to color it. With my big prayer. Because that would do nothing but grieve God. I said, Father, I can't help her. But in faith, I lay hands on her. In the name of Jesus. And I put my fingers on her ears. And I said, Lord, for your glory, will you just open her ears? And I took my hands down. And she jerked her head to her mother. And she goes, I can hear. I mean, I was, I was just talking like this. Whispering. And her mom, said, her mom immediately You as mamas would understand this. She zoned everybody else out. She goes, come here, come here. And she turned and she turned away from her and she didn't have the PA. She called her name and the little girl started crying. She goes, yes, yes. You know what my reaction was? I felt like somebody shot me on my face and I didn't want to move because I felt like I could be judged if I touched any glory in that moment and any glory of that moment. And I saw him several years later. She would had speech therapy, and she's almost speaking it away. You can't hardly tell she was ever deaf. But, you know, and somebody said, well, she wasn't really deaf. Ask her mother. Well, a nine-year-old girl had her for nine years, couldn't hear. And God opened her ears. So the next year, I'm preaching in Macon, and someone comes forward and says, uh, would you pray for me? You know, it was either her or her daughter was deaf. And I'm like, yeah. You know, because... See, my faith ba- was based on what happened last time instead of on the Lord. So I prayed with a little more confidence. So, you know, I prayed nothing. I prayed. Now, I'm not saying he didn't do it because I wasn't as meek or humble. I don't know why. And this is where you have to come to with the miraculous. We don't orchestrate it. We don't buy it from someone else. It's not manipulated through spiritual calisthenics, we just get near him. I just get near. If I can get you near Jesus with the preached word, if I can set him up so high and make him so glorious and get out of your way, you can then receive of who he is. You want Bible for that? And the men lowered the man down in front of Jesus. They tore the roof off and set him down and didn't ask Jesus nothing. So we just wanted to get him near you. That's, you. You just wasn't telling him what to do. You just... Do what you're going to do. And Jesus, looking at their faith, spoke to this man. Your sins be for, are forgiven you. And he got up. And he left the room. Healed. If you're in need of a miracle today, Chris has already told you. I've told you. The Lord's here. The Lord's here. These experiences of the miraculous, if we process them correctly can become landmarks and anchors in our heart. You'll hear us say things like, I know better. I've done seen his hand. You heard anybody say that? I've done seen his hand. What does that mean? You, You ain't got time for me to tell you. They become landmarks and anchors to our soul. They deepen our relationship with God. They birth praise and they give trust. They give birth to trust for future needs. Maybe one of the reasons miracles are rare today is because true faith is even rarer. But where faith is, oftentimes miracles follow. I'm going to ask Tammy Toth, will you come up, you and your boy? Y'all give them a hand as they come. Are you going to be able to do this without crying? I'm going to cry with you, so it's good. Come on up. I'm on. gonna get out of your way
1: come on. on okay <clears throat> everybody asked me there are you going to cry probably, but we'll <laughs> we'll get through it um, and i I do have my phone for some notes because my brain is in lots of places, and it was easier for me to just kind of keep it here. Um, today we have a major praise report that we believe um, will be an encouragement to many and show you how God cares for his children, a testimony of prayer, perseverance his power, his perfect timing, a God of great details, and our praise to him. Um, As I said, my name is Tammy Toth, and 19 years ago, the Lord answered a deep desire and prayer I'd had for multiple years. I was infertile. I had had a major surgery. I had three rounds of fertility and still no baby. And God blessed me 19 years ago with twins which when I say God of details, I grew up always wanting twins. Now, I did not want to go through what it took. <laughs> you know, when I say that, I'm like, Lord, you really did answer that prayer. As a little girl, I dreamed of having twins. It was just something always on my heart. But as I was going through all those years, the end result, I had to go through that. And then this is Connor Toth, and he has a twin brother, Caden Toth, which I think is another major detail when you hear Connor's story. Um, If you had ever met Connor or taught him or coached him or seen him in church, uh, he had, with the lack of a word I could say, he bobbled, meaning that he had a rhythmic motion of his head that pretty much went like this, up and down, a lot of the time, most of the time. Um, it could be very distracting if you had not been around him. So if you weren't around him a lot, you may not have noticed it, but then the more you were around him, you would have think, he really does do that all the time. If you ever sat behind him in church, I'm sure that you looked at him thinking, what is he doing?
0: Let me ask, Connor, did you just over the years, did you just just get used to it or like, yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I just got used to it and just, I had to to function, just to yeah. drive and do anything. What like about that.
0: the self aware part? Did you go through as a young boy? Like, does do people notice or the seeing it? Because it wasn't something that I. But you living with it, you this all day, every day for nineteen years.
2: Yeah, when I was younger and like in middle school, I I was aware that other people thought I was different, but I I kind of didn't worry about it. And then in high school, mostly people became accustomed to it, like with maturity uh-huh. and stuff. But so you I, were aware of it. Yeah, I was aware. Yeah.
0: Okay,
1: and so that's kind of the backstory. Even at seven months old, we noticed that Connor had this motion. Um, at first, we thought, you know, he's a baby; he's got a weak neck; he'll he'll grow out of it. Then, by third grade, it's still there. And like he said, I think he kind of drew up some walls because, you know, it was him. And um, he continued, so we decided to look into Because as his mother, I did not want to find out. Ten years down the road, if you'd have just went to the doctor and asked, they might have something. Yeah. so they gave him some medicine to try, and it made him so tired that he, after like four or five doses, he came home and said, Mom, I absolutely cannot do this. Yeah. I can't even stay awake. So um, you see what was... Uh, What was weird about it is, you see, Connor was an excellent student and an excellent athlete, so it didn't affect him in his performance. His teachers would even come and ask him and look at me and say, how in the world can your child read? Because he would read these notes just like this in a rhythmic pattern. So we went to the doctor. He tried him on the medicine, and he even said, you know, he may grow out of it. He might reach a point that his will can stop it when needed. But that time never came. And if anything, he became extremely frustrated. If you talked about it, um, he would just get agitated. His response would be like, I've tried. If you want me to do well, I, I cannot stop it and do that. I have yeah. to be able to do it to function.
0: Tammy, let me ask him. Over the years, you being a Christ follower, now of course, Mama and Grandma and Granddad knew the Lord. But those times when no one heard you but God, Lord, you could heal this. How did you process that part? Did it eventually just like I stopped praying? Because I know for me, I would pray in cycles and I would get frustrated. Uh, How did you navigate that as a young man?
2: I feel at first, uh, I knew God could heal me, but I just over the years, I just stopped praying as much. All right. I still believed it, but I just, yeah. Stop thinking thinking about it and just accept it. Okay. That was me. Okay. me. just
0: live with it. Yeah, because other people have cancer and brain tumors and stuff. You say, well, I bob a little bit, you know, not a little bit, but yeah.
1: And so, like in fourth grade, he had a little bit of a bullying issue, and I remember one night as as his mom, he said in his prayer, he didn't really talk about it. If anything, I think God was very detailed. He gave me Caden. Caden was the voice that would come home and say, Mom, this is happening. Because I think Connor kind of built up, this is me, this is, this is you're going to have to accept me for who I am. And so as his mom, when he came home and he was like, um, his prayer one night was, thank you, God, no one made fun of me today.
0: And you're thinking, thank you, God, that I didn't go kill somebody. Right. At, and so at, that. Mama go to yeah. jail. And so
1: I was just like so taken back and, um, you know, because I knew it could be distracting and my mom heart just broke because I knew how cruel people could be. And I knew that he was in a very protected environment and that environment was going to get less protection. You go to middle school, you go to high school, you go to college. Um, And so I would say that I never wanted him to think I was ashamed of him or thought something was wrong with him. So as his mother, my prayer became more like, Lord, let it not hinder him, him and his opportunities. Let him eventually find a girl who will love him and protect him in the middle in high school and middle school. Help it open up careers for him. And even in 2020, we had to have some hard conversations about, son, I know that how you feel about it and we accept you. But when you go in for college interviews and they're one-on-one or they're one-on-two, you are going to have to tell them. Because it's so distracting. I don't want them to miss out on the opportunity of who you are and what you're talking about. Because they can't get past the fact that you are bobbling. However, his Nana, I think of this song years ago. As I had a praying grandmother. Come on. His Nana, it just goes through my head. His Nana would sit and often see him for night. well, since he was in middle school. But for 19 years, she's watched him do this. And never, not one time has she ever felt like that God wouldn't heal him? Even the Sunday before youth camp where he served as a leader, she remembered and she told him the story about watching him bobbling in the church service because his bobbling was ex- extremely active in sedimentary places like sitting or listening or driving. and um,
0: Or standing on a stage in front st- of all these people and <laughs> not saying that. Hey.
1: And uh, she was telling him that she told God even the Sunday before youth camp I know, God, you will heal him, but it will be in your timing. Now, this
0: was a couple weeks ago, Chris and Sarah at at the kids, uh, was it kids camp or youth camp? Youth camp. Youth
1: camp. So for 19 years, she has continued to pray, healing would come. Then God.
2: So two weeks ago, I was a leader at youth camp. The funny thing was, at first, I was really debating on going to youth camp. I was... He 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 told me about it a month before it, and I was like, I'm, I'm not really know if I'm wanting to go to it. I don't know if I should stay home and work, but before I ended up going, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, so the, there's a nightly service each night, and for the first three nights, they had a call to the altar for healing, anybody who wanted healing or prayer for healing. And for those first three nights, I did not go down, but in my mind, it came up that I knew God could heal me of this. But I just... I felt like my problem was not as important as others. I felt like I can still live with it and it's okay, so I don't I don't need to go for it. But on that third on that Wednesday night, I during the service, I was looking around and I just saw just nobody moving their head, but I was just I was just doing it a lot cuz I was concentrating on the message. And after that night, I just believed and I knew God could heal me. I missed my opportunity the first three nights. So I told myself I'm not going to miss another opportunity if there is a call for healing. So the next night, luckily, there's another opportunity for healing. And at first, in my mind, I was like, oh, should I really go up there? But then right then, in my gut, I was like, I need to. I have to. Yeah. I know he can heal me. So I went down to the front, kneeled, and everybody laid their hands on me and began praying for me. And then after that, I didn't really think about it the rest of the night until the next morning. When I woke up, I was driving back to church with some friends, and I was realizing I wasn't bobbling or doing anything like that. I didn't.
0: Praise the Lord! Yes!
2: I didn't feel like I needed to or wanted to, like before I would have to. I'd have to do drive and do anything, but now I just didn't even need to. And I just went all glory to God because I didn't do anything to make this happen. It was all Him and prayer from others. And I think this is an encouragement to never waver from prayer because even after 19 years, He can still heal you.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just put that down. Take it to Wade if you... Oh, you, you, you didn't hear me. I'm going to talk to the mothers. 19 years. Reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood all those years. All those years. She said, if I can just touch Jesus. You know what she was saying? She goes, I'm so desperate. He ain't got to touch me. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching. I'm asking. And if I don't receive, it won't be because I didn't go to 19 years. Every bite of cereal that boy took, he had to time it to get it in his mouth. 19 years of trying to meet a friend or a girl or whatever. And are they watching this? Are they 19 years of coming in here? Do they notice? And God just healed him. No, miracles are not common like everyday occurrences. But they should be more common than they are would you give me five minutes and I'm gonna tie this up this is gonna this is gonna impress you the scripture Simon Simon says yeah I told him we pay temple tax oh Simon Simon Simon. do do the children of the king pay tax Mm -mm. okay Simon here's what we're gonna do I want you to go fishing Would you go to the sea Follow this now. Follow this with where you are in his story. Down to the sea. A vast sea. The Sea of Galilee is Israel's largest freshwater lake. 33 miles. Hey fisherman. 33 miles in circumference. 13 miles long, eight miles wide, with a depth of 140 feet. Go down to the sea of impossibilities, Simon. Go down to the sea of vulnerabilities. So if someone asks you, what are you doing? You said, I'm going to fish for money. Go down to the sea of few details. Go alone. Go in obedience. Go with minimal resources and few details. But whatever you do, go in faith. He told him, he said, Simon, go down to the sea and throw in a line. I know you're a fisherman with nets and boats. We don't need that. I want you to get as minimal as you can so you can see my control and my sovereignty. Because what is a needle in a haystack if you throw a net and pull in a couple hundred fish when there are hundreds of thousands of fish hoping to find a coin. But Simon, you're going to throw in a line, one line, one hook, and first fish. Oh, come on. Any of you here analytical like your mind analytical engineering you're already doing the numbers where do you go in the sea which nook which cranny which backwater do you go deep do you go shallow left side right side north south east or west under bushes over a lot as far as you can see the sea of Galilee and it's like the Lord saying it don't matter I'll bring it to you So he's got his pole. He's got his hook. And the Bible doesn't say he used bait. You know, if something shiny goes in the water, he could just, a hook going through the, I don't know. My mind, I look for all the details. He just says, throw in a hook. And the first fish, see, if it's the second fish, I'm not in control. Don't try to help me. It ain't got to be close. I can nail it down to to the detail. So Simon. If it had been me, I'd have just walked. and like, I'm going to mess this up. Anybody else? I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to throw in the wrong hook. I'm going to throw in at the wrong place. And so he throws in bait or no bait. And as he throws it in, I'm asking you to go with me here just a minute and fill in the details. For a fish to have a coin in its mouth and it be enough to pay the temple tax, did someone drop it? And God sent the fish to it. Did someone throw it in? And the fish thought it was bait, shad, a minna, And he ate it and God just knew about it. At this point, it don't even matter. <laughs> That's what you ought to get to. The sovereign, controlling, all-knowing, all-powerful. He speaks to things that are not as though they are. Or that none of it happened and he just created it. It doesn't matter. Either way, he's God. You don't, you don't have to understand miracles. You don't have to understand them. That's why the man said, all I can tell you is I was once blind and now I see. He said, I uncontrollably shook for 19 years. And me doing this on the stage, this ain't that. I'm just nervous because all of y'all are staring at me. I'm good. I'm fine. So Simon has a dilemma. And right before we take communion today, so do you. What if I throw in this hook and I don't catch a fish? What if I throw in this hook and I catch a fish, but it doesn't have money in its mouth? Then I got a problem. But if I throw in this hook and I catch a fish and it has money in its mouth, I got a bigger problem. I am dealing with God Almighty. So, all right. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. He gets it in. If he was like me, I'd have been afraid to open his mouth. Because this is the moment of truth. Have I got a cover for God? Am I going to go back and say it didn't happen? Do I keep fishing and wait and see if there's a coin in the next one? And he opens the fish's mouth. And there with the sun reflecting off of it is a coin. And here this old weathered fisherman walks back to town with a fish and a coin and I'm not being funny I'm being practical how you know he t- man if you got a fish big enough to put your fist in that's supper you follow me I think he'd want to show everybody on that, r- that walk back listen here's the final thing I want to tell you and if you don't get this part you've missed the whole point of the message for this young man who if Jesus tarries will soon be in his late 20s 30s 40s it's not about the miracle And that's what changed him as he walked back to that place. You don't have to save the fish as a memorial. You don't have to put a fish over your mantelpiece. You don't have to save the exact coin and pay with a different coin. Why do I need to keep the trinkets when I've got the miracle? If you're in need of a miracle this morning, very simply, we're going to take just a few moments. I want our elders first to come. Would you come? before you, before the others come if you're sick in your body these men will be down here with anointed oil the Bible tells us is there any sick among you let them call for the elders let them anoint them with oil very simple and pray the prayer of faith nobody's going to shake you or embarrass you we're just going to stand in the Lord's presence and agree if you will so uh, Roland here's one Eddie here's one Gerald preacher would you come help us would you come Mr. Howell come right over here here's an If you're sick in your body, I want you to come. We want to anoint you with oil and pray. Come on, Chris. Come on, buddy. I know you don't mind me calling on you. If you're sick in your body, no matter what it is, come on, wait. Stand here with him if you will. Oh, you want prayer? Go ahead. Church family, you just be reverent during this time, okay? All focus on Jesus. Pray, buddy. There's oil right here, Chris. I anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord and lay hands on you. church family if you've not received communion the, the, the elements would you just lift your hand up and usher will bring it to you just hold your hand up anybody josh will you go ahead and begin that song and then at the end of it we'll take communion together the rest of you in the congregation while they're prayed for would you just stand with me have your elements with you? Before we take, I thought I'd give you this last bit of Bible. Y'all don't mind Bible, do you? A lady approached Jesus in the New Testament who wasn't of Israel. She wasn't of the church yet. Wasn't of Israel. And Jesus said, that's children's bread. You're asking for healing for your daughter. You're, You're the sons and daughters of God. Children's bread. He said, yeah, miracles. Healings. Divine pulses of who I am. That's children's bread. Bread. Common. I'm not going to manipulate you. I can't make it. But I want you to know it's just as easy for you to do a miracle as it, shoot, me getting up this morning. Us still being sane after all we've been through. That's a miracle. See this body that was broken for you? And the same night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. It's broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. Lord, we remember you today. And if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, will he not now freely give us everything else we need? Undeserved, but freely. Let's take together. And in the same night Jesus was betrayed, He took wine and he poured it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. My blood that's shed for you for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, think about me. See, when we take communion and we remember, we remember not just that he died, but all that he is. The friend that sticketh closer than the brother, the provider, the protector, the miracle worker. At Cana of Galilee, they said, and this was the beginning of miracles that Jesus did. No mention of what? End. Let's take together. Jason, would you come and dismiss us this morning, would you?
3: As we leave today, I can say with confidence that we encountered the Lord today. He was here in our presence. He is here and He cares about His children. Everyone that came down for prayer, however God sees that out in His timing and in His perfect will, have faith, believer. God is there for us. We are His children. Right now, we are the sons and daughters of God. We thank you for this word today, Father. We thank you for this body of believers, Lord. We thank you that we can bring our concerns to you, Father, that you would care for us. We are just. Humankind, but you care for us, God. You love us, and we're invited to bring our concerns to you as children, Lord. And we thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for coming and visiting with us, for fellowshipping with us today, Father. We love you so much, God. I ask that you just continue to stir this day, this time together in our hearts throughout this week, Father God, as we come across the the dryness of the week and we encounter the world, Father God. Let us not forget your faithfulness and your goodness and your your promises Father God as we go forth Father God let us remember that this is the huddle Father God and that we are to be the light and the salt for your glory God unto the world walk with us Father keep us safe and guard us from deception we love you Lord amen